taking on cynicism. You know, if we look at our world today, communities, there's a high level of cynicism about whether the institutions, whether it be the government, the church, my company, that they're going to deliver and come through on the promises that they make. So there's this underlying cynicism that is really a drag both on the individual and the organization. And that's where Joyce and I go today. Under the context of a culture and how do you move it, we take a look at practical steps that work and share some that don't work about how do you move an organization and their people out of cynicism and into a more productive and actually better place to work. So that's what we've taken on. Come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Hello, Bob. Good morning, Joyce. How are you? And good evening to whoever might be in evening. We don't know. We love that we have uh, international listeners. So good morning, good evening, good afternoon. If it's three in the morning, go back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Bob and I discuss topics ahead of time. Sometimes we come with uh, data. Sometimes we come with things that have worked. Sometimes we ponder. And here's something I've bumped into lately that I want us to ponder. Some of the work that Bob and many others, and by the way, we're going to begin interviewing the many others, uh, working on creating a healthy, vital, productive, money-making organization, were the culture of the company was hopeful, optimistic, sure of being able to accomplish what they set out to do, healthy a little too tight, a little too much fear in the, and a little uh, constrainment for creativity. And then as we spread to other companies, there were, was dysfunction. There were big problems, but here's what there wasn't. So there could be a little depression, a little defeatedness. Um, there wasn't cynicism. There were problems, but there was not cynicism. And I'm talking about a global country a company at this point. I'm talking about the former Delays Group, now Ahold, with Hannaford and Food Lion and blah, blah, blah. After downsizings, after COVID, after crazy government, our, I don't want to call it labor force, but I like it because it indicates labor. Our companies are full of disillusioned, worn out, hopeless, yearning for better, not believing it can get better. People, I think, I know, I have recently had conversations with three people in very different kinds of organizational organizations. The bigger the organization, the more cynicism there seemed to be and difference between age groups. Another company was um, young. The oldest person in the organization was 50. They're frisky. They get things done. They're not idealistic. They... uh, want to have a good time at work, be well paid, and they'll be kind of loyal unless something better comes along. There was a time when people were identified with their company and proud to be. There used to be retirees who came back once a year to see one another. So, and the word that just now came to mind is what do you do from an OD point of view or a leadership point of view for a soggy It's not that they're not motivated, but for a soggy, tired, maybe bored, disillusioned organization, 
And I think companies are coming at it from a cosmetic point of view. How, how do we allow more freedom for home and work? How do we put a bowling alley in the corporate office? How do we have a basketball? How do we make the edges pretty? Yeah. But what has, so joy. The, what has happened to the pleasure and the commitment and idealism of work? <laughs> so, Joyce, as is typical, I have a couple of reactions uh, to what you've shared so far. But I have a question. Oh. And it's, it's, I mean it like I'm as naive as can be as I think about okay. this question. What would you describe, and it may not just be one answer or a general answer, what are the origins of cynicism? Where where does it come from? Where does it find fertile uh, ground to grow? Uh, I get cynical or when people's words don't hold true. Yeah. I get cynical when people say one thing and do another. I get cynical when I found out I've been lied to. Um, I get cynical, but there may be a better word for that. When I can't see that what I do or a company is trying to do makes any difference. Now, I don't mm -hmm. know if cynicism or defeat or tiredness. I guess I get cynical when, uh, and this fits with what I just said, the top paints a false picture trying to generate enthusiasm. And all you have to do is look around and say, that ain't true. And yeah. I get cynical about work. And once again, I don't know if it's, when I work hard and it doesn't matter. Now, there's also that defeat element. But when I work hard and it's not seen or noticed or appreciated, those are some of my responses to what creates cynicism. Yeah, at the heart of all that. So that, that was really helpful for me. At, I, I asked it for two reasons, not necessarily knowing what your answer was going to be. A, a lot of times we treat cynicism at a very personal uh, level, meaning a person is cynical. Bob is just naturally cynical. Joyce is always so cynical. All the examples that you gave is cynicism is is a real phenomena that happens as a result of something that a person uh, or a team has experienced. So, so I'm making it real. Cynicism isn't something that uh, you know, isn't real and isn't tangible and isn't justified, right? Almost every one of your examples. Yeah, I'd oh. be cynical too. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to leap to, so therefore, what should we do as OD people? But a couple things that you said struck me. You, you talked about, uh, use the expression, people yearn for better. So I think somewhere in that innate drive to get to a better place yearn for better is something to be explored. So, mm -hmm. uh, so I, that's one. Um, the, the other is to, and I'll state the obvious, the, the cynicism that you describe, particularly one that's kind of pervasive in the organization, it's incredibly uh, contagious. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it can start with one person, one team, but it bleeds over. So know that in the flow of where your organizational is, your organization is, that that it 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 if it's growing and it's rampant, um, you know, it's because it's so darn contagious. And um, you know, so I don't know where to go with both of those, only to say, 
that it's a real thing. It's not where people want to be, particularly if it's inside their family or inside their organization. We can be cynical about the world. We can be cynical about other countries, but we're talking about cynical within the environment that I'm in. People don't want to stay there, uh, either figuratively, I want to be in a better place, or you know, literally, I'm leaving. Uh, <laughs> or I'm staying and I'm leaving. Yeah. So, um, I, so I've kind of given you some context. So what do we do, Joyce? A wise elder. <laughs> oh, emphasize that elder. Um, <laughs> oh, and I had ideas and they just went away because um, I keep. Do you remember when it felt good to work hard? Oh, sure. When because you work. wanted to do the product. Yeah, I remember some of the training that we did that was quite daring. Thank God for you, I, because I would get an idea and Bob would support it. And on day two, I'd go, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> you created a choice. <laughs> yeah, get back in there. Get back in there. Uh, but I re so I remember the pleasure of good work and accomplishment. And I think that that's a big driver. And I think people are not feeling a sense of betterment or accomplishment. Neither are they being reinforced for hard work. And so, like, do you care about what this company does? Do the leaders yeah. care about what this company? I've been led by people that didn't care. I happen to be mostly that cared. But I know what it in, in social services, um, there was a ton of cynicism, and I worked within that system for quite a few years. Um, I did. I brought my team of 25. It was throughout the state together and said, um, what would create positive energy for your daily work? Because yeah. we know child abuse and neglect is very, very tough. Yeah. Uh, and they did mention things like, feeling freer to step away if needed, knowing that the top two tiers really see what we do. And from that, we ended up with a 500-person appreciation session with a wonderful video. And in a moment where none of the, uh, the video didn't work and there were <laughs> extension cords under all the tables with everybody <laughs> madly plugging them in. Until I said, and there'll be a hundred dollar gift to the first person that finds the connection that makes the video work. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's one of the things we did was do large appreciation of individuals. The other yeah. was to say, what is it that would enable you to do this work with optimism? It's yeah. tough. So, you can figure out that so, the services, mama mia. Yeah. So one as as I was listening to you, uh, I'm, I'm going to share a distinction that I think is real. So if you're an OD practitioner and you're in an organization or a company where there's a large degree of cynicism, I think it can come from and an, an, it could be episodic and I'll explain or mm -hmm. it could be systemic. Mm -hmm. And and I think it's important to make that distinction. I'll give you an example. I was working with an incredibly healthy, vibrant, innovative, fun organization. The board brought in a new CEO. So the CEO that was moved was pretty well beloved. I mean, we're all imperfect, right? But pretty much uh, was loved. 
And they brought in like the proverbial jerk who proceeded to dismantle so much of what was working in the company. So there was an incredible amount of cynicism, but it was one person. And this may be an outlier as an example, but I think all the things that we're going to talk about, if there's, you know, we, we've already established cynicism is cause and effect. Okay. So if, 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 if the action is taking out the source, oftentimes uh, a person or maybe one decision that is episodic, you can do all kinds of different things. But if you don't correct that, uh, the cynicism will only grow. <laughs> um, so, and I had an, so, and the other thing is uh, that I like about what you said, cynicism it, it has an ebb and flow to it. It, it. it gets greater, it backs off, it becomes acute. I, I think the, the examples that you gave are good in that you can do one intervention that stems the tide that doesn't solve it in the moment, but somehow creates a little bit of momentum. That, a booster boy, okay, shot. A booster shot. Hey, they see the pervasive cynicism. They own the pervasive cynicism. They don't treat it like a sickness that needs to be uh, made better. It's real. And it too shall shift if the right things uh, occur. Because if, if I feel my cynicism means I'm a bad person or I'm, there's something wrong with me, that's just going to make my cynicism grow even more. So it's how you approach it. Uh, and I think some of the examples you gave were very good, if I don't say so myself. Uh, I'm thinking about an organizational malaise. Yeah. And how to name it correctly. Mm. Because cynicism is an energy killer. Yeah. And it's an, uh, it, and so the, <laughs> how, how do you diagnose? And this is where, Bob and I love the work of uh, OD people, practitioners working inside the company, because that gives you a particular advantage. But there are advantages for, for external as well. But having someone to come in and not, I think, not with, a, not with an assessment tool, but with an open heart to say, this, we're here because this company is really, your leader is concerned that there's low energy. Yeah. And... A lack of optimism. What do you think is going on? And I would come in as an external or an internal if you really can listen freely, or better yet, to have pair it up with the leaders so they hear it first hand. I hate data handed off. Yeah, I just changed the whole design. <laughs> Let's have it internally. <laughs> um, so you can name it properly. It might be sorrow. It might be uh, family pressures outweighing yeah. taking the energy from the company because I can't come to work because of COVID or being fired. So I don't have that. I don't have any extra energy to bring to work. So name it. We, I named it cynicism because I'd been hearing uh, about, from several people about their cynicism while they're trying to do good work. Uh, so indic so indic what are what would be indicators? Well, first of all, I'm saying get a good diagnosis by hook or by crook, and I'm suggesting that you don't do a written assessment about engagement and hand those results. I'm saying do it with the top leaders, and you can do cross-sections by taking one person from each level in the organization and each uh, position in the organization. So don't tell me it's not possible. You looked like you wanted to say something. 
Well, no, I, I, I think again, um, I think you're spot on in, in, to name it and understanding all the nuances of why it's named this begins with asking the, the, the people in the organization, the people that are cynical, what, what's going on? What's your experience around this? Um, I think that's absolutely uh, uh, a key aspect. And, and then the second is uh, not to be um, uh, treated like, okay, now that we know what it's named, that we as leaders, we're going to fix it. I, I don't think that's the route. I think it's a real collaborative. What do we need to, to feel in a better place, to feel more positive, to feel that despite what's happening in my family and the world at large, here's something that I can reach out and yearn and feel confident that things are going to get better. I have an idea of something we did that I can share. But as you were talking, yeah. I think there's a, a mistake. I think companies are panicky that maybe their work isn't good. Maybe the leaders don't love their work because there's an awful lot of cosmetic stuff going yeah. on. What about helping, supporting, creating work that is satisfying? You can any kind you can. <laughs> um, and I'd be glad, by the way, if anybody wants to have a creative conversation with us about this, just yell. Um, what was my point? Oh, I've lost that one, but I have another one. What are the signals that there's cynicism going on? And what you're looking at is low energy. How do we make people stay engaged with the business? Oh, I know what my point was. And also the, the one way that was helpful. We took groups of people from retail, actually, um, store managers, I believe, about 300. There might have been. I don't know. And the, the, the question was, um, what's going on that's satisfying and motivating and great in your particular workplace? What's going on that's the exact opposite of that? But instead of calling that a listening session, we immediately took the themes and divided people up according to the theme they wanted to work on to come yep. up with solutions. And in that moment, the VP at the head of the meeting would say, this I can do, this can be done, this can't be done, this can be done. Who can do that? What group wants to organize around that? So it was making people aware that there's some positive, really describing yep. negative, and then saying, so help us find solutions because we're kind of dumb. Yeah, Anyhow, that's a practical, tactical design that be can done at least with 350 people. So, yeah. and and another thing that we did, and we did it in a lot of different contexts, uh, but the, the conversation about having people explore when work works for them, a time when uh, everything seemed to come easy and people were able to collaborate and come together and you felt seen and you felt like you were a part of moving the organization. Uh, I think somewhere having that conversation, maybe not in the session that you just described, no. but having people tap into what were the conditions, what was happening around me and what can we collectively learn based on the themes that emerge. Uh, and as you know, we've done it enough times. Typically, it's pretty consistent. Uh, with what a group will come up with. Yeah, yes. I'm thinking, um, I wanted to say two things. When we give an example of what we've done, we're not saying go do it. We're no. saying um, 
if you want to think with us, <laughs> you can design your own solution. We're not selling answers. We're selling things that happen to work for us. And we will uh, we'll have to have a time when we talk about things that really didn't work. But I wanted to mention a book that was didn't sell that well, but was helpful to us was The Way We're Working Isn't Working or something like that. Mm. And it was by the, I don't I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry. The Way We Work Isn't Working, something like that. And we actually designed a workshop around the uh, principles of that. So take a look at that. Tony, somebody, he, he got kind of a bad rap because he wrote about um, he did. Trump. He interviewed Trump about um, negotiating. Yeah. And it's a very, 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 I really highly recommend it. You know, th th there's the other aspect of cynicism or the inertia and the drag in an organization. And this is more back to the episodic uh, cause. Mm -hmm. If there are some really profoundly bad things happening within your organization, whether it be a reduction in force, whether mm -hmm. it be the amputation of um, either a region or uh, a subsidiary, and it out of that uh, comes cynicism, it it's got to play itself out. If you go into early and try to Pollyanna, let's get on the right track, you know, it's going to have the exact opposite effect. Don't they understand? Um, uh, so I think timing is an issue when to jump into the conversation. Doing nothing's not an option. Uh, inertia, a drag on the organization, people feeling disenchanted, disengaged, unseen. Doing nothing isn't the option, but there's also a timing aspect uh, you know, that at some points in time, you have to know when is the right time to have the conversation uh, that we've been describing. And when I think of the events that you just mentioned, don't assume cynicism. We're teasing that out today because it's at work in our world. But there's also pain, betrayal, mm. um, disillusionment. That That's why you've got to name it correctly. Yeah. You can't take yeah. any corrective action until you've named it correctly. And hints at cynicism, maybe we can end on that. Or gallows humor <laughs> is, is a, you know, if it's pervasive and dark, <laughs> it's a big hint. Sometimes gallows humor is pretty darn funny. But gallows humor is, uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, we once had, uh, and this isn't gals humors as much as it's uh, kind of poking fun um, uh, under really tough circumstances. Uh, we had a CFO a woman who we had, a, we hit a rough patch and the numbers were really bad. And she just got up in front of the group and she said, you know, I don't have enough lipstick, lipstick to make I'm, this look any better. To make this pig look good. <laughs> That's right. The, you know, this is bad. Yeah. And there's no nothing you can do to cover it, make it seem better. And um, what about that? What about that creative created energy? Well, it, 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 I'm not going to say it lightened the room, but it got everyone real. It's true. Know? It's true. And you know what? We're the people in this room yeah. that can get us on a new trajectory. Truth is amazingly energizing. Oh, maybe gosh, not in yeah. the first five minutes. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Get ready for a barrage. You better duck, because uh, yeah. oh my gosh! So look, Joyce, we're we're yeah. at time. Okay. But I, I 
I think we opened up a lot of good uh, uh, ideas and questions for our listeners to think about. And yeah, we do want to hear from you. Gave at least one possible solution. I think we have one possible <laughs> I think, you know what, we we guaranteed that we would share things that worked as part of our, our mandate. Um, what was my point? But that's, we're more here to stimulate thought because from that will come a real solution and followed by the need of for courage to do it yeah. i just took a deep cleansing breath joyce until the next time okay adios you know there's a very important premise uh that underlies uh, today's conversation. And that is, you know, a culture happens. People say, I want to change my culture. I don't want to have my culture change. The truth is, every day and every moment based on the forces, new hire, what's happening in the marketplace, our cultures are in constant flux. And, you know, you may feel powerless in that kind of context, but that's the point of today that you can, as a leader, as HROD practitioners, take this very valuable thing we call a culture and through your innovations, move it in a way that helps your company be more healthy, more productive, more profitable. So hopefully you got as much out of today's conversation as Joyce and I did. And so until next time, be well and be safe.